Welcome back, everybody, to another chapter of Keeper of the Lost Cities. Um, I have nothing to do for a little while, so I'm just going to read a couple of chapters. Yeah, we're on chapter 34. Here we go. The council is right. Information had been planted in her brain. The idea was too hu huge. She couldn't make it fit inside her head. Her hands shook as she ripped the photo of the scrapbook. She was... Um, she was violating everything. Aldenon told her. Everything the council ordered. But if anyone found out, her life would never be the same again. She couldn't face that. She slipped the photo into the middle of a thick book and shoved the book among a dozen other thick books in the highest shelf. It should be safe there, for now. All she wanted to do was crawl into a ball and never get up again. But she didn't have time. Someone stuck. Someone stuck stuff in her brain, and she needed to find out, find those memories, before they got to her, before they got her in trouble again. What had made her think of Elementine? She pulled out the star maps and plotted the stars on her list. On one page, like she'd seen Kenrick do it. On one page, like she'd seen Kenrick do at the tribunal, the six stars formed two lines, plodding straight to Elementine. The room swam around her. It couldn't be an accident. That list must have been made specifically for her, which meant someone wanted her to find Elementine. But who and why? And what would they want next? She stayed up all night, projecting anything she could think into her memory lock. But when the sun rose, she was no closer to the answer. She knew for sure that she had to keep it a secret from the council. If the council found out, they'd never let her stay at Foxfire. Bronte would make sure of it. They might even decide she was dangerous, and she didn't want to think about what they'd do then especially since she couldn't be sure she wasn't dangerous. She'd almost blown up their school, or worse. What if that had been the plan when someone gave her the list? Now our Sam's safe enough to hide the memory lock, so she stuffed it in the bottom of her satchel to keep it with her at all times. None of her friends noticed how stressed she was. They were used to... to used to her difficulties in PE, and during lunch they were too distracted by all the pressure they were getting to manifest special abilities. It wasn't until telepathy that she wished she'd stayed home sick. Sorry, when I'm in the pool. Give me a second. Did you sleep at all last night, Tyrgan asked as she slumped into a chair? No. There was no point in lying. She'd seen her reflection. Her dark circles revealed Adeline. Um, her, the, the dark circles under her eyes were just like Adeline's. I expected as much. He cleared, her, he, he cleared his throat. Alden told me what happened yesterday. She should have guessed that, which meant, she knew, which meant he knew about her special assignment. She gripped her satchel, like holding it tighter to protect the secrets inside. Have you started the memory log? She he asked, confirming her fear. She hesitated for a second before she nodded. 
I assume you don't want to show me? Silence stretched between them until Sir Tyrion removed the black pathfinder from his pocket. Concentrate, he commanded, and a wave of blue light swept them away. Noise hammered into her brain as the scenery glittered back into substance. Remember the shield, Tyrion shouted as she covered her ears trying to squeeze out the pain. She closed her eyes and pushed against the noise with her mind. The chaos quieted. She stared beneath. She started breathing again. Tyrion led her to the bench and she sat down, exhausted. He plopped beside her. Welcome to Los Angeles. Actually, I believe this place is called Hollywood. She had been away for humans for almost six months, long enough to forget the traffic, pollution, and trash. It turned her stomach. Um, aren't we a little conspicuous? She pulled out her stupid cape across, er, a stupid cape. Here, across the street from Spider-Man and Batman, posed for pictures outside Man, uh, Man's Chinese theater. No, I guess not. If anything, they'll blend right in. What are we doing here? Breaking the law, he held up the Pathfinder, casting blue beams of light on the ground. Only blue crystals take you to the Forbidden Cities, and only certain mem members of the nobility are allowed to have them. Mine was issued back when I worked for the council, and I forgot to give it back when I resigned. So this trip is our little secret, okay? She nodded. I come here sometimes. I'm not supposed to, but it helps to see them in real life. He pointed the humans wandering the streets, oblivious to the elves sitting among them. We've cut ourselves off, vanished into light. Makes it easy to forget how similar we are, or could be if they weren't so stubborn. He paused like he was waiting for her to speak, but she didn't know what to say. Do you miss your human life, he asked. She thought about the headaches and the fear of discovery. How at a place she felt and opened her mouth to say no, but sometimes I miss my family, slipped out instead. His expression softened. That's good, Sophie. You, of all people, should never forget where you came from. If you ever need reminding, let me know. I'll bring you here. She nodded. Do you wonder why you were hidden with humans? Her mind darted unwilling to Prentice. My real parents must have wanted to get rid of me, she whispered. He closed his eyes and pain seeped into his features. Trust me, Sophie, no one got rid of you. Don't you know how special you are? Yeah, special enough to have secret information stored in my brain without permission, she mumbled, which was probably why Prentice got rid of her. Who'd want a freak for a daughter? Or maybe she was the one who... Or maybe he was the one who planted the information. Her hands clenched in fists. That's not the reason you're special. Believe me. Tyrion cleared the strain out of his voice. Have you remembered anything else since the tribunal? She watched an ant crawl across the dirty pavement. I understand if you're not ready to talk about it. But you don't... But don't be afraid to... Explore your memories. They might be the only way to understand who you really are. What if I'm someone bad? She whispered, putting words, 
putting words to the fear that had consumed her since yesterday. I can assure you, you're not, he promised. She shook her head, refusing to believe him. What do you know about Prentice? Tyrion uh, stiffened in his seat. I know that it was, I know that's classified information, but I think I deserve to know who he was. She took an extra breath for Kurt. He was my father, wasn't he? Tyrion sucked in a breath. Of course not. Why would you think that? He was a keeper, and he was exiled because of me. It's not hard to put the pieces together. Sophie, look at me, Tyrion said, waiting until she did. Prentice was exiled because he was hiding your existence, not because he was responsible for it. What do you mean? He hesitated, and she could tell he, he was warring with him. Um, warring with himself, deciding how much to say. Please, she whispered, no one will tell me anything about my past. She, he sighed and looked away. When he spoke, his words were hurried, like he was forcing them out before he could change his mind. Princess was a keeper of the group called the Black Swan, and the information he was hiding was you. Where to find you? I warned Prentice there would be a consequence for helping the black swan but he didn't listen and when he was captured he sacrificed his sanity to keep you hidden now he lives in exile his mind is shattered useless mess uh sorry That's why you're so upset with Alden, he nodded. Alden was the one who found him. I pleaded for mercy on Prentice's behalf, but the council demanded to know what Prentice hid in his mind. So Alden oversaw something called a memory break. It's a type of probe that shatters someone's sanity in order to access their hidden memories. Sophie shivered. She could picture Alden carrying out that kind of order. I mean, couldn't. Unless... He knew he was right, but why wouldn't Prentice just tell them where she was? What exactly what what exactly is the black swan? Something our society doesn't want to do, doesn't know what to do with. He wrung the edge of his cape between his hands. The name is a metaphor. For thousands of years humans were convinced there was no such thing as a black swan. So, when a black swan was found, it became a symbol of something that shouldn't exist, but does. A small group of insurgents in our society adopted the name, a Bruin Rebellion, a black swan, in a society where rebellion isn't supposed to exist. You're not the only one with, with secrets you'd rather not share. Sophie swallowed, realizing how little she knew about her favorite mentor. He couldn't be involved in anything wrong, could he? No. Tyrion was one of the kindest people she knew. He could never be bad, bad. 
So, the black swan were bad guys, right? She whispered, staring at her hands. And if they have something to do with me, she couldn't bear to follow the thoughts to its end. Tyrkin took her hand and waited for her to meet his eyes. Whatever the black swan is, it has nothing to do with who you are. When I look at you, I see only good. You came forward when you cheated. You even chose to serve your detention when you didn't have to. Whatever is in your mind, it's just information. And whatever secrets lie in your past, do not change who you are. I have no doubt you'll make the right decisions whenever the time comes to make them. His words felt more healing than the balm and when used to cool her burns. Her voice was thick when she spoke. Thank you, Tyrkin. I'll try and remember that. She wasn't sure what to do with the other things he told her. The bits and pieces belonged to a puzzle she didn't know if she wanted to solve. For now, she tucked them away, clinging to the hope that Tyrkin was right. That she was good. As long as that was true, she could survive pretty much anything else. Despite Tyrkin's encouragement, Sophie didn't feel ready for anyone to know about her revelations, especially Bronte. She kept the memory log with her at all times, only and only took it out when and only took it out to work on to work when she was alone. To work on it when she was alone. Okay. Grady and Annaline were used to her practicing alchemy in the cave, so they didn't question her disappearing after school every day with Iggy and Dex. And Dex was busy, so with the added ability to detecting, detecting exercises, she didn't notice that they weren't hanging out as much. The only one she seemed concerned with was Bianca. She was con- she cornered Sophie. Sophie in the hallway. Are you mad at me? No, why? You haven't come over in the last three weeks. It was before the school was evacuated. Had it really been that long? Sorry, I've been super busy. Do you want to come over this weekend? I don't think I can. She needed to avoid all of them so she wouldn't ask to see her memory lock. What about next weekend? Uh, sure. Bianca seemed so insistent she could... Always, and she could always cancel. Bianca straightened like the weight had been lifted off her shoulders. Cool. I'll tell my parents so they know you'll be home. So they know to be home. Oh, good. She was sure her smile looked more like a grimace. Deep down, she knew she was overreacting. Other than Elementan and the photos of the sandcastle, she hadn't found anything significant. She poured through her scrapbook for anything elfish and recorded every dream, but there was nothing worth hiding. Maybe Elementine was a one-time thing. She didn't. She wasn't going to stop searching, but maybe she didn't need to stress about the memory lock. So she didn't cancel her plans with Bianca. She went to Everglen, and it felt like coming home. They played base quest, and this time she was on Fitz's team. His eyes held a tiny bit of envy when Sophie showed him the way she tracked through to an exact location. She tried to uh, she tried to teach him, but his mind couldn't master it. 
So she did the tracking and transmitting, transmitting the location to him so he could tag Keith and Bianca out. She was so familiar with the feel of Fitz's mind after the times she transmitted to him across the campus during the tele- her telepathy sessions, she barely had to concentrate to find him. Sorry, this really this strain. It's annoying. There we go. Okay. Where was I? After losing three rounds in a row, Keith refused to play unless Sophie was on his team. She agreed to, s- to switch and then transmitted their hiding spots to Fitz so they lose and keep the suspicious off her. Keith liked to ready to explode when Fitz tagged him out the second time, and he spent the rest of the night grumbling about conspiracies. Sophie laughed until her sides hurt. She couldn't believe she left she let fear keep her away from this so much fu- from so much fun for over a month. Especially since Alden never asked to see her memory log. He and Della hu- hugged her, told her to visit more often, and disappeared for the rest of the day on official business. For once she didn't want to know where they went. She was done asking questions, done investigating conspiracies. Not that she'd made any headway. She didn't want to accidentally trigger any more memories. Um, Ignorance was safer. Whatever was going on was the council's problem, not hers. She wouldn't let fear control her again. She made it to the, the... She made it one whole month without... Un- unnecessary stress or worry. And then Dana Lena said the two most terrifying words ever. Final exams. One month until final exams. And even if she passed the test, she would have to face another tribunal. Where the council, where the council Bronte, would permanently decide her future at Fox Heart. She felt like throwing up every time she thought about it. Alchemy was still her worst subject, but she also struggled with elementism and PE. All the subjects where she had to do things, not just learn. She had, she still hadn't figured out how to turn off the part of her brain that screamed levitating was impossible and lightning couldn't be judged. And the laws of conversation, conservation of mass were a, were a little legitimate legitimate scientific principle, and it always messed her up. Dex had been nagging her for months to try an elixir he invented called Nagenesine, which contained limbium, a rare material that could supposedly clear her mind. She resisted since she couldn't use it to drug the exam, since she couldn't use it during the exams. But maybe it was like Learning to ride a bike. She needed training wheels to start. Dex looked, looked 
downright giddy when she asked for a bottle, probably because of her lack of skill caused him to lose when they were on the same team in PE. He bought her a week's supply the next morning. She swallowed the unnaturally cool syrup in one gulp, wincing as the chill ran down her throat. I don't feel different, Dex laughed. Give it a chance. Your body needs time to absorb it. I should probably change into my uniform then. A few steps toward her locker room and her mind fuzzed. She leaned against the wall for support. I don't think it's working right. She couldn't describe what was happening, but she was pretty sure it wasn't a good thing. Dex uh, Dex rushed to her side. You don't look so great. I don't feel so great. She closed her eyes. The blurry vision was nauseating and tore at her clothes. It was far, far too hot to wear a cape. Here, let me, Dex said, unfastening the clasp of her cape. What's wrong? I don't know. She tugged at her vest. My skin's on fire. Whoa, what are those? Dex pointed into huge red lumps popping up bronze. Oh no, she gasped. Oh no, she gasps, collapsing. Allergy. Dex caught her before she hit the ground. Allergy? What is, aller- what is an allergy? She wanted to explain, but it just felt like something was crushing it, and she couldn't get enough air. The words spun harder in her vision. Hang on, I'll take you to Ellen. Dex threw her over his shoulder, and they were and they were moving. He was strong, but they were the same height, and she weighed almost as much as he did. So their progress was slow, maybe too slow. Fear settled into every muscle, making her tremble. Then someone else grabbed her, cradling her, her in her arms. She heard some sort of discussion, an argument maybe, and then she was moving much faster. She was far too gone to make sense of it. They were, there was a tugging in her stomach and a burning in her throat. And then she was out cold. That is the end of chapter 34. Yeah, 34. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, we are nearing the end of the book. There are only 49 um, chapters in this book. So we are nearing the end. And I really hope you guys enjoy. Have an amazing week.